If you've ever attended a self-help conference or read a self-help book, you've probably been taught that mindset is everything. That if you manage to change the mindset, that everything mysteriously will fall into place. Well, let me tell you, you've been lied to. <laughs> now, let me explain. What I'm saying is that mindset is important, but mindset is not everything. We have been taught over the years that 75% to 80% of what we do is all about mindset and that 25% is grit, tenacity, skill, and talent, but that's only a small part of the equation. So that if you manage to harness the mind, you will change your whole destination. Now there's a lot of truth to that, but the concept of mindset has been over glamorized. Now let me tell you, you can stand in front of a mirror and you can tell yourself how good you look, how smart you are, how successful you feel. But let me tell you that affirmations and declarations without action <laughs> That's just the beginning of insanity. It's crazy to believe that if I look at myself in the mirror and I affirm myself, declare all these positive statements that my life is mysteriously going to change, that's a bunch of, a bunch of bull, let me just tell you. It doesn't work that way. And if you've been taught these principles, let me tell you, you need to find yourself another teacher. When you think about yourself, if you're a spiritual being, you understand that you are a mind, you are a body, and you are a spirit. You're a three-part being. So we can't, we, we can't take those two portions out of the equation. So when I'm working with someone in a life coaching session or I'm working with someone in a counseling session, I have to focus on all three of those parts, okay? I have to focus on all three. That is the integral human being. That's the integral individual. That is a holistic approach. I can't just focus 100% on the mind and shifting this right here because if I focus on the mind but I don't focus on the spirit and I focus on the spirit but I don't focus on the mind, then all we're creating is a lopsided individual who still is stuck in a rut and not able to press on. And so we have to focus on all three parts of the individual, the mind, body, and the spirit. Now, some people over-glamorize, as I said, the mindset. Some people over-glamorize the spirit. I've met with a lot of spiritual individuals who think that everything that is happening in their life, all the calamities in their life, are a spiritual attack. Hmm. When in all reality, it is not a spiritual attack. It is a psychology that needs to be shifted. Sometimes individuals come to me and say that they feel that the enemy is attacking them because their, their stomach is constantly in pain when in all reality, their stomach is constantly in pain because they are overindulging in, let's just call it crap. They're overindulging in food that is not beneficial to their body, so it's not a spiritual attack. But yes, there is a lot of truth that mindset has or plays an important role in everything. Because, of course, before you indulge in something, you first think about it. You know, you first decide to open your mouth. You first decide to buy it and eat it and consume it. So yes, the mind is important, but we've got to focus on all three parts. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually amplify it a little more right now. I want you to understand that rather than just three parts, we're going to bring the mindset and we're going to divide it into four parts. And so the first one is the mindset. The second one is the heart set. These are your emotions. Have you been able to forgive, let go, move forward? The third one is the health set that is caring for your body. 
Are you treating your body as the temple of God? Is this your house? How are you caring for it? Your health set. The fourth one is your soul set. That is, what is your soul's condition? The question is, what are you feeding your soul? During our first episode, I talked to you about the importance of setting your proper priorities. We talked about the pyramid of priorities. If you haven't watched it, you want to go back and watch episode one of Lifehack. Okay, episode one talks about your priorities, and if your priorities are out of whack, then your whole life is out of whack. We talked about that. We, we said that if you're a spiritual being, that faith should be at the top. God should be at the top of your pyramid. That should be the very, the very uh, apex of your, of your pyramid. And then following down the rungs from most to least important, you should have yourself as number two. We talked about the, the metaphor of the flight attendant and the oxygen mask. You want to go back and watch it if you haven't. So God, you your spouse if you're married, then your children, then everything else. So you are very important. Remember, if you don't cultivate you, nourish you, take care of you, then the people around you will suffer. You won't be a blessing to anyone because you will be moody, grouchy, grumpy, upset, overweight, out of health. You know, your mindset will be screwed up and therefore the people around you won't want to be around you. But they have to be because they're your family. They can't put up with you anymore because you are not caring for yourself. So what does it take? You got to go back and recalibrate. Recalibrate your priorities. So we talked about that. Right now I want to focus on out of the four parts that we talked about just right now, you know, the mind, the heart, the body, and the soul. I, I do want to focus on the mind because again, we've over glamorized it, but Mindset is important. So I want to talk about that right now in the future episodes. In the next episodes, we will talk about the other three. So how important is your mindset? Is, is, is mindset just positive pie in the sky type uh, believing? No, it's not. It's not because like I said, you know, affirmations and declarations without action is the beginning of insanity. If you're a believer, I hear a lot of people saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, that's all good. That is scriptural, but of course you need to read what else Paul said before he said that. You know, it is scriptural, but you can't go through life simply declaring that and not getting off of your rear end and putting things into action. I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. That's good, but you still have to put in the time. You have to put in the strength. You have to put in the hard work. You have to make it active. Your faith has to be active. James, James said, Faith without works is what? Fill in the blank. Faith without works is dead. It's dead. So active faith is what produces change. And so let me rewind again. Let me go back to the mind. So the mind is important. We know you've heard me say this many, many times that whatever we think is going to drop down into our heart. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? The mouth speaks. So if you want to know where an individual is living, where they're going, what their destination is going to be. Listen to what they're saying because what they're saying will reveal what's in their heart and what's in their heart will reveal what's in their minds, okay? So our minds determine our destination, a huge part of it. And so I know that I earlier I said that mindset is not everything and it's not, but it is crucial in the development of the other three. Remember we talked about them, heart, body, and soul, because with the mind, we decide how we're going to cultivate and nurture those other areas of our life. And so think about it, the mind, whatever we think becomes a word, whatever we say 
Whatever we say becomes an emotion. Whatever the emotion is will determine our decisions. Whatever we decide, we become, we do. Whatever we do repeatedly over time becomes our habit or habits. And whatever our habits are, slowly but surely form our character and our character leads us. Now listen, our character leads us to our final destination in life. And it all started with what? It started with a thought. That's how powerful the mind is. You know, I, I was uh, invited to speak several times at a halfway home. And a halfway home is a place where uh, inmates have just, you know, left prison and gone to this place where they're going to live for six months to, to be rehabilitated and to go back into society. And I would show up and I would teach them from the Word of God. Now, I would incorporate psychology, theology, and spirituality. My main focus was the mind. Breaking those paradigms that they had been living in, breaking the strongholds that had been holding them back, uh, tearing down mental constructs that had determined their destination. Now, most of these men had been in prison for a long time. Not only a long time, but they had been in prison repeatedly. And so I would always ask the newcomers the same questions just to gauge them. And interestingly enough, 90% of the time, I would always get the same answers. I'd get 20 men, 20 inmates at a time. And so I would ask them the question, who has influenced your life the most? They would say, my father. I would then ask them, was the influence positive or was it negative? Their answer, negative. Then I would ask them to describe their father using one qualifying adjective, which they would ask me for permission to use more than one. And every once in a while, I would have one of the members raise their hand and say, can I use foul language? Can I cuss? Can, can I use bad words? And I would say, absolutely. Go ahead and do so. This would help me gauge their spirits, gauge their hearts, their emotions, their soul. And so the things that I would hear them say about the dads that raised them or didn't raise them, they, they were so hurtful and painful that deep down in my heart, because I had grown up in a, such a functional home with wonderful parents, I couldn't even understand the pain that they went through because I couldn't, I couldn't sympathize with them, but I could only empathize with them, trying to place myself in their shoes. But I would have to hold back my tears because the things that they would say about their own father was was a sad, to say the least. And so, after they were done explaining, after they were done sharing about their father, I would then ask them the last question. The last question was always, did your father ever tell you that you would end up in prison someday? And every one of them, without skipping a beat, would say, yes. At some point in time, my father told me that I would end up in jail. Why am I sharing this story with you all? I'm sharing it because, first of all, it's a true story. Second, it just shows you the power of our words, the power of our mind. Now, these individuals at one point in time were born as babies. They grew up as toddlers, children, teenagers, and young adults. They went through all the phases in life just as you have. But each and every one of them had a commonality. The commonality was that they grew up in dysfunctional homes. They grew up with a father who didn't understand the power of his words. He didn't understand. You know, many years ago, they did a study. I believe it was the Barna Group that did a study at uh, St. Quentin. 
you know, one of the largest prisons in the United States, a maximum security prison. And they went out there to poll the inmates and they asked them if their father had ever told them that they would end up in prison someday. And the vast majority answered affirmatively. Now, let me explain something. Within that prison, there were groups. They had the the Hispanics, the Asians, the blacks, the whites, and the Jewish community. Now, every one of those groups, except, except the Jewish community, they were pretty much equal in size. Pretty much equal in size. They were thousands each. But the Jewish community was a handful of inmates. When I say handful, I really mean a handful. Maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven. It was a very small group in comparison to the thousands of the other ones. So the question was, you're probably asking yourself the same question right now, why? Why is it that that was such a small group? Well, the answer was that in the Jewish tradition, the father always blesses the son. Always. It's a common practice. Every morning, every day, the father will take time to gather with the children, to bless them, especially the young boys, to bless them and pass on the spiritual baton, per se. So the mind is that powerful that it is programmed during the first few years of life, and really the most crucial of all years is 0 to 11. So whatever you experience, my friend, whatever you experience, 0 through 11 is what you're living today if you haven't been able to break free from those paradigms, mental constructs, faulty belief systems, self-defeating thoughts. Okay, if you're dealing with those things, can you unprogram and reprogram? Absolutely, you can do that. Does it take a lot of work? It takes a lot of conscious awareness, a lot of it. So just like Carl Jung said, the psychoanalyst, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it your destiny. So you have to bring those thoughts to the conscious awareness so that you can deal with them, break free from them, and live the life that God has offered you in His Son Christ. So let's back up a little bit. We're talking about mindset. The mind is divided into the conscious and the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind processes 500 times more information than the conscious mind does per second. The subconscious mind is what keeps your heart beating and you don't even have to think about it. It's what keeps you alive while you are asleep. And the subconscious mind is where all the programming is. If you you think about an iceberg, If you've ever looked at an iceberg, if you've heard the proverbial, the tip of the iceberg, well, the tip of the iceberg is only 10% of the iceberg, and that's what you see above the water, the tip. What's underneath the iceberg, that huge mass, 90%, that's what represents the subconscious mind, that huge mass, that 90%. And that 90% that we don't know what's in there. That's what dominates you. That what, that's what fuels you. That's what guides you. That's what pushes you. That's what directs you. That's what causes you to think, to decide, to act, to react. The subconscious mind. Now, can you pull the information from the subconscious to the conscious? Yes, you can. 
Does it take work and help? Yes, it does. And that's what life coaching is for. And so the mind is that powerful that it will guide you to a destination. It will. The mind affects the heart, the soul, and the body. It does. And so harnessing the mind is important. It is. It is. And it is a daily mastery. It is a daily process. There's a scripture that says, and this was written by David who said, Search my heart, O God, and put my thoughts to the test, and show me if there is any iniquity within me. And so to me that is powerful because I almost feel like David was saying this on a daily basis. You know, God, search my heart, because whatever's in the heart first came into the mind. So search my heart, O God, and put my thoughts to the test and show me. So you've got to make it a point to every day ask Ask God if you're a spiritual individual. Search my heart, oh God, and put my thoughts to the test. Show me. At the end of the day, have a time to reflect, to simply sit down or go into your prayer closet, go into the backyard, get in a rocking chair, whatever, (laughs) whatever rocks your boat, my friend, whatever rocks your boat. But sit there and take time to ask yourself, well, what could I have done better to produce a different outcome? And also take some time to to listen to your own conversation, to your self-talk. Now that's very important because the person that you talk with the most during the day is with yourself. So we're constantly talking to ourselves. Now, we're not, I don't mean that you're talking to yourself out loud. Well, though there are some people that do talk to themselves out loud and that's not a problem. That that doesn't mean that you're crazy or anything. (laughs) Although if you're having a full-blown conversation, question and answer going back and forth, we might need to sit down and talk. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But I do want to say, take time to listen to your self-talk. Some of you have a lot of self-defeating uh, thoughts, self-defeating conversations. Some of you are your worst uh, saboteur. You're sabotaging your own life by what you think about. You know, Solomon said, whatever a man thinks about, so is he. He said, you know, a man's thoughts determine his destiny. Uh, You know, uh, who was it? Henry Ford who said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. I love that quote. And he was right about that. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. And so listen to your own conversation. Make it a habit to create a journal if you're struggling with these self-defeating thoughts. Because once again, the mindset is important. And so listen to what's going on up there because the subconscious mind really has no filter. In other words, it'll capture whatever you're thinking about repeatedly. And whatever you think about repeatedly will grow like a tree. That's just the way it works. You start to make these connections. The synapsis occurs in the mind and you, you, you create new neural pathways. And, and, and they create these ruts and those ruts eventually will create habits. And like I said, those will lead you to a final destination. So listen to your self-talk. And if you are struggling with that, well then start to create a journal. And in your journal, simply write down those things that are triggers, you know, whatever uh, experience, if it is a, a word, something that you see, something that you hear, or something you experience, what is it that's creating that trigger that, that creates that negative uh, thought process in your mind? Then write down the negative thought process. And then, and then thirdly, write down how you, can, how you can create a new pathway. You know, what is the opposite of that self-sabotaging belief that you have? What is the opposite? And it could be something simple. I mean, parents, parents need to be cautious because if you, if you spend the first five years of your child's life calling them idiots and stupid and just saying you're worthless, you're no good, they could be geniuses. 
But because you're planting these seeds, these thoughts in their minds, and because their subconscious mind has no filter, the subconscious mind receives that and their body reacts based on that belief system. There's a mind-body connection. Remember, you know, our mind affects our biochemistry. And so if that's you, if you were fed these lies growing up as a kid and you still have those thoughts going round and round in your mind, you have to unlearn and relearn. You've heard me say this before. You've got to unlearn, relearn, unprogram, reprogram the mind so that way you can produce a different outcome. It's very important. And so capture immediately. Once you have that self-sabotaging belief, that negative self-talk, capture it. Think about the trigger. What triggered that one particular thought? What emotion did it create? And what is the opposite? What is the polar opposite of that belief system, of that thought? So whatever the opposite is, that is what I'm going to repeat over and over. And I'm not only going to repeat it because, like I said, affirmation declaration without action is worthless. It's crazy. I'm going to take that new belief system, whatever opposes the self-sabotaging one, and I'm going to walk in faith with that new belief. Now, if you're having a hard time coming up with something that is completely opposite to your self-sabotaging belief, just go through the scriptures. If you're a believer, go to the Bible and simply start by recognizing who you are in the eyes of God. And then start walking in faith. Remind yourself every day that you're a child of the Most High God that you're the apple of his eye, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are his masterpiece, that he loves you right where you're at, but he doesn't want to see you stay there forever. And once you repeat those things, now start to walk in faith. Guard your heart. You guard your heart by guarding your mind. And you guard your mind by being very careful as to what goes into your ears and to your eyes. Stay away from people who attract negativity. Because that negativity will just bounce on over. It will, it will cross on over into your life. Now remember, I believe it's Newton's third law of thermodynamics that says that negative energy does not just disappear. It transfers. It transfers. So it doesn't matter how positive you may think you are. If you go into a negative situation and you're constantly living in a negative, toxic environment, eventually, eventually it'll transfer on over to you. So guard your heart, guard your mind, and watch everything else start to fall into place. God bless you guys. Love you in Christ.